Hey there, this is Alicia from Rocks and Rune Lords, and I wanted to stop in and say that we've not forgotten about you. Likewise, we hope that you have not forgotten about us. It's been a crazy month or two, and though we've had a few weeks where things have gone silent, we've done our best to bring you some content on the podcast. Right now, we've got about another week before we can return to our adventures in the Pinnacle. And while we will certainly be getting back to the shenanigans of Cinder, Susan, Vic, and Jigsy, today we've got something a bit different. I know you all show up for a game, but also for a story. So we're going to lean into that and return to the world of Galarian. Drift back about 10,000 years or so, and spend a bit of time in ancient Thassalon. High on the cliffs of Shinbakrakan, overlooking the shimmering gulf waters, the Temple of Seven Virtues gleamed alabaster white in the pale light of the rising sun. Beyond it, the city rolled out through the valley with its many spires and close-stacked buildings. They lined every dusty street in a maze of whitewashed clay walls and ceramic roof tiles. And to the north, like a great sentinel, stood the Mitah Summit, where stone giants and other slaves worked just above the span, carving something massive into the face of the Rune Lord's Mountain. Though the image was not yet clear, most in the city assumed they would soon see the graven image of Bakrakan's Rune Lord herself, Elasnest. Whatever the image was, it would be the first thing travelers would see upon entering Shinbakrakan. This morning, as the city awoke and its people began a new day, one of the double doors leading to the temple's inner sanctum quietly opened, and a young woman appeared. A tall, slight figure in the sleeveless green and gold vestments of the demigoddess slipped out on soft boots, closed the door behind her, and leaned back against it. Her eyes closed, her shoulders drooped. For seven nights, the Shah Pala had prepared the offerings of grain and first fruits, had lit the braziers and incense, and sat vigil through the dark hours, seeking the goddess. And for seven nights, nothing. Not so much as a whisper of Lasala's presence. Just to her left, by the doorway, stood a plinth with a large, gleaming white falchion sunk into it. The Grace Blade. The runes along the blade were inscribed by Lasala herself, with a runic magic that was all the goddess's own, a magic steeped in the seven virtues of rule, charity, generosity, humility, kindness, love, temperance, and zeal. The very foundations of Thassalon itself. As Hadassah laid her hand against the hilt, she felt the familiar warmth and hum of its power, and she sighed, comforted. She would try again tonight. She would try every night until Lasala returned to her. The goddess honored zeal, after all. Still nothing? The deep voice interrupted her thoughts. She turned to see Ravi, leaned against the wall behind her, ankles crossed, waiting for her. He offered her a smile, but the concern in his eyes stole the light from it. She took a bracing breath through her nose and offered him a more genuine smile in return. Our goddess will be back, but we must be patient, and I will keep trying. Glancing around, he moved in close and said in a low voice, You keep saying that, and you go in there every night, offering your best, 
and every morning you come out with that little line between your brows. Meanwhile, a lasnist is here every day, and she seems to have no trouble conversing with our goddess. Hadassah, you cannot tell me this is not a problem. Hadassah understood his worry, but she had faith. Lasala was a demigoddess after all, not some mere mortal to be swayed by the whims of a human, even a rune lord. She put a hand to Ravi's cheek, stared at him for a long moment, then guided his face to hers and kissed him gently. Our goddess is merciful to Elasnist, she assured him. That's all. Tell me, who needs Lasala's virtues more than she? She grinned. Karzuk, perhaps. No. I just need patience. And so do you. And we will develop that too. So you see, she's merciful to us all. Ravi pulled back from her then, a tight expression on his handsome face, dark curls falling across his brow and hiding his eyes from her. It's more than that, he growled, and there was heartbreak in his voice. I can feel it. We all can. Lasala has been withdrawing from us, from her own people. The Fate Watchers are having dreams, Daza. Horrible dreams. Dreams of our goddess coming into great power. Hadassah tried to speak, to reassure, but Ravi forged ahead, cutting her off, shaking her by the shoulders. No. No more of your denials. Hear me, Hadassah. The Fate Watchers. They dream of Lasala doing terrible things with a great power. Doing terrible things with, with the Rune Lords. She pulled away from his grasp, her expression twisting as she shook her head, but she could not close her ears to the poisonous words. Something is wrong, he whispered. His eyes, greener than the vestments they both wore, bore into her own, willing her to believe him. The Emperor is old. The Rune Lords grow restless, and Lasala withdraws. Something is wrong. He spoke the words slowly, watching her, waiting. No. No, she snapped at him. Hadassah pinched her fingers in front of her and gestured sharply. All nations are shaken. All people are tested. It is how we grow. But the gods are stable. Lasala is unchanging. It is why we can be in the chaos and not fear it. It is what gives us courage. Her tone softened, and she gazed at him, willing him to understand. But only if we believe it. You taught me that. He wanted to believe her. She could see that. But he didn't. His face twisted, torn. And he drew her into an embrace, placing a fierce kiss on the top of her head. She just leaned into him, offering the same strength and comfort he had so often given her. Her goddess would never be forsworn. She, the Shah Pala, would never be forsworn. Ravi had rescued her from the streets, but Lasala and the faith, the virtues, had rescued her from the fear and the anger that went with it. She would never go back to where she came from. They just needed to serve Lasala faithfully with patience, and all would be well. 
Whatever happened with the emperor, whatever happened in the streets, here in the Temple of Seven Virtues, all would be well. Hadassa, I have to go. Ravi murmured into her hair. And suddenly she did not want him to leave. She put her arms around him and held him loosely, her ear against his chest so she could hear the calming rhythm of his heartbeat. In that rhythm, his voice rumbled. Meet me in the terrace gardens for evening repast, okay? Hadassah? Hadassah? Finally, she nodded against his chest. Okay, she said. And Ravi? I'm sorry. I know you're just concerned. I know. She felt him sigh, his arms tightening around her. Well, maybe you're right. Maybe there's nothing to fear at all, he whispered. Though he didn't sound convinced of that in the slightest. All the same, he went on. Be careful of Elasnest. Hadassah swallowed hard and said in a hoarse voice, equally soft, Of course I will. Then, who knows, maybe she won't come today? It had been offered hopefully, but even Hadassah could hear how hollow it sounded. A heavy silence fell between them for too long before Ravi replied. His words were laced with a granite surety. She will come, Hadassah. Be careful. That evening, Hadassah was curious when Ravi failed to arrive for their meal. It was only later, as she approached the inner sanctum, that she knew something was wrong. The doors were open and unattended, and the grace blade was missing. Her heart stuttered as she hurried forward, her grip on the bowl of first fruits tightening. She rounded the corner just inside the threshold and froze. Above the altar, a strange void hung, and from it, a cold gray light pulsed, illuminating the center of the room. Small motes of ash fell slowly in the air, and upon the altar was Ravi. His eyes were open and glassy. His skin was pallid white. His limbs were splayed unnaturally, and from the center of his chest, covered in blood, rose the grace blade. The porcelain bowl she had carried shattered against the marble floor, fruit scattering and rolling into the dark corners of the sanctum. Hadassah ran to him. Sick and barely able to breathe, she reached for him, his face, his arms, but stopped each time just shy of making contact, unable to make herself touch him for she knew he was far beyond any healing she could offer. Murder in the inner sanctum. How did something like this happen? Who would do this? And were they still here? Hadassah suddenly stiffened, her eyes darting, but the darkness beyond the altar was total and complete. Even so, she thought she saw the deep shadows shift and the hairs on the back of her neck rose. She was not alone. He told you, 
that a lass nest would come pet. A slow, sibilant voice echoed around the chamber, and a whisper of sound came from the darkness to her right. A hiccup of fear stuck in Hadassah's throat, but she pushed it away in favor of the zeal that flowed through her veins like a fire, giving her courage, strength. She would see justice for this. Stomach turning, she stepped up upon the altar and yanked the grace blade from Ravi's lifeless form with a slick, wet sound. The smell was overpowering. How did something so recent turn so foul so fast? But this she forced herself to ignore and brandished the bloody falchion at the voice in the dark. Who's there? she demanded. What? You can't tell? It was from her left now, and Hadassah spun, blade readied. A dark, feminine sound. A laugh echoed all around her. <laughs> Little Hadassah. You have sat vigil seven days and seven nights, made all the best offerings. And when you finally get the audience you seek, you brandish my own blade at me. The voice sounded scandalized and a little bit proud, and it gave Hadassah an inexplicable squirming feeling. Shaking all over, her breath suddenly coming in great gasps, Hadassah let the point of the blade drift. Lasala? She frowned. My goddess? Is that you? One and the same, pet. Now, come down from there, my Shapala, and give me proper tribute. Eyes in the darkness, flickering up to the open void above her and back, Hadassah gingerly crouched, and with a hand on the edge of the altar, careful not to touch Ravi, she jumped to the ground. It put her face to face with him, and she stumbled back. What happened to him? Who did this? A lasnest, of course. At the sound of the Rune Lord's name, a rage Hadassah had not felt in years burned through her, white hot. In fact, it was quite unlike anything she had felt even before. Straightening, she stepped forward, and then she did lay a hand the cool skin of Ravi's cheek. He meant everything to me, she whispered ragged, her jaw set tight. One tear, then another, rolled down her face to fall upon the skin of his wrist. She stared at those drops for a long moment. Then, looking up, she tried to see through the dark. My lady, you are a god. You could bring him back. You could restore him to me. Ravi has been a faithful servant of yours since we were children. Do this for him. And together, he and I will hunt down a lasnest and deliver a reckoning for the blasphemy she has committed here. This I swear. At her words, behind her, someone moved in the dark. A tall, cruel-eyed woman with an armored torso and rich red robes stepped into the light. A spear-like weapon was in her hand, a ransor, 
and she set it before her with a ring of metal against marble and smiled at Hadassah. You don't have to hunt me down, priestess. I never left. More than that, the sibilant voice of Lasala came from the other side. I invited her, and everything stopped. Hadassah's heart stuttered as her mind scrambled to make sense of what she was hearing. She looked at Ravi, at a lasnist, smug grin. Lasala invited her? Condoned? This? Her beloved's blood shimmered on the white blade, and her brain could not make sense of it. You did... You did... What? Hadassah practically sobbed the words, and suddenly there was not enough oxygen in the room. She staggered, dizzy. I invited her. And as the goddess repeated those words, she finally moved into the light, and Hadassah froze. Her eyes widened in blatant shock as she took in a form so alien as to not even be recognizable. She had seen Lasala, but never like this, with the lower body of a great coiling black constrictor and the upper half of a woman the goddess's form was terrible to behold nothing like the calm beautiful mouthless woman Hadassah had seen before this Lasala sprouted six feathered wings from her back like those of a great raven's and her face was no face at all but the spinning compass of the seven-pointed sahedron, the same symbol both Hadassah and Ravi wore about their necks. The goddess's voice spoke out of a strange void in the center, and for a moment Hadassah feared that void was tearing away at her very soul. Ice crept along her spine and through the pathways of her mind, freezing her where she stood. The grace blade which she had raised at the first sight of Elasnus, fell from her grasp with a great clatter. She stood, transfixed by the slide of dark scales, the flutter of black wings, and the ever-spinning face of the goddess. Hadassah swallowed, and it was an effort. Her shoulder twitched as she demanded her body take up the sword again, but it was no use. She was held in place, paralyzed. Lasala slid toward her, and Hadassah felt a lasness come alongside her, propping her arm upon Hadassah's shoulder. Hadassah tried to jerk away from the cursed touch of Ravi's murderer. Still, she could not move. At the sound of the woman's chuckle, Hadassah felt her hatred burn, and bile rose in her throat. There was no smile to see on the faceless symbol, but Hadassah could sense Lasala's pleasure with her. You see, she told Elasnest, feel that anger, the rage. Didn't I tell you years ago? She's perfect. Hadassah growled and fought to break free, but her body would not respond. Uh-uh. You'll only hurt yourself. Hadassah's eyes rolled and she spotted Ravi again. Along with the holy symbol of the Sahedron, he wore more than half a dozen necklaces of braided leather. 
necklaces she had made at his behest, weaving and weaving until some of the anger from her youth began finally to give way to calm. Only now they were covered in blood. Temperance, Daza. She could hear his voice in her memories. Stay with that. The virtues will always guide you back. But as her eyes stilled, focused on the blood-soaked braids, Hadassa had no more temperance left. With a roar, she broke free. She threw off Elasnist, scooped up the grace blade, and lunged for the goddess, launching herself forward and bringing the falchion down in a sweeping arc overhead. Midair, she froze. Lasala's hand was raised, claw-like, and Hadassah's feet were off the floor, once more held in the iron grip of the goddess. The edge of the blade had stopped mere millimeters from that sickening, spinning sihedron. Then, with a flick of Lasala's pale fingers, Hadassah's hand snapped backwards. Agonizing pain burned through her arm, her wrist, and the blade was flung aside. Another flick and Hadassah felt joints throughout her body begin to crack and contort. She screamed and was dropped, broken and useless to the cold floor, writhing in pain. Even without Lasala's hold, she could not bring herself back to her feet. She had lost everything. Again. And over the sound of her weeping and the blaze of the pain, Lasala's voice floated softly. There, there, pet. You poor, broken thing. Tell me, why do you think I chose you for my shopala? <laughs> Did you truly think it was because you had mastered any of the virtues? I chose you because I knew you never would. Because, because you are broken, unwanted, scraps on the side of the road. But you can be more. I will make you so much more. A proper servant for a true goddess. Trust me, you'll see. Then the goddess turned to Elasnist. Take her along now. Send my Shapala to the forge.
Rocks and Rune Lords is a production of Backpatio Network. Rise of the Rune Lords and Pathfinder are trademarked and property of Paizo. This episode of Rocks and Rune Lords is brought to you by Roll20. Be sure to check them out on Roll20.net. Check out our website at backpationetwork.com. If you like this podcast, please rate it five stars, leave a review, spread the word to your friends, or even join our Patreon and you can get early access. If you need to talk to us, join our Discord. The links are on the website to join. As always, thank you very much for listening. This is Casey. You all have a wonderful night.